It's officially March, Joe. And That's if, right. And if you're a college basketball fan, it's a great time. It's also 316 a day. And um, I'm about to open a can of whoop-ass in honor of Stone Cold Steve Austin. (laughs) Uh, But we got the Big Ten tournament to cover since we last spoke to you guys. We have the big tournament to cover, Michigan, Michigan State. They both have matchups. We're going to talk about their potential matchup. We're going to recap the uh, conference games. Um, uh, And I hope your Ides of March goes better than Caesars. See you on the other side. Big Ten tournament wrapped up this past weekend with Iowa taking home the tournament championship over Purdue. It was a quick stay for Michigan, but a pretty good weekend, all things considered, for Michigan State. Michigan opened the tournament against Indiana. Michigan State had a rematch against Maryland. Uh, I guess we'll we'll start with the Michigan-Indiana game because that one happened first. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, full disclosure, I was at work, so I didn't watch it live, but I forced myself – to rewatch it, I just, but I'll go through the 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 experience of not being able to watch it because it was an early game. Um, Michigan, for whatever reason, the Big Ten tournament almost always plays day games. It feels like, yeah. Um, but just summing up the game real quick: twenty-eight minutes of pure ecstasy. Ecstasy. <laughs> I can't even say it. Just pure ecstasy. Now that I am, yeah, there we go. <laughs> Oh, no, I say it. Uh, but it was followed by 12 minutes of absolute misery, and um, that's kind of the Michigan basketball experience uh, this year. <laughs> Even though they haven't necessarily uh, blown a lot of leads, um, there have been some second-half collapses of games they were. There, there have been games where like they were down by less than five points at half that they end up losing by like 15 to 20 mm-hmm. points. Yeah, no, I, I get it. And it's, it's so frustrating because you could see – perfectly in one game what they could be when they're playing really well because indiana's not a bad team like they probably weren't going to get in the tournament before that game and that's kind of worried me because it was like michigan was already in they were a 10 seed uh going into that game it would be hard unless like the committee just like had a ton of recency bias and pretended like no basketball happened before that weekend right but uh indiana was hungry but like michigan nearly had a perfect first half uh Musa Diabate was having a great game and stuff doing stuff that didn't show up in the box score he just he he had the athleticism that some of Michigan's players don't have whether it's uh Jones being from a smaller conference until he transferred here or even Dickinson who doesn't rely on athleticism just relies on size yeah uh Diabate has mm-hmm. an NBA lottery draft pick body um, the rim protection was good, open court ball handling. Michigan in the last few weeks has really become a really good transition team, both on offense and defense. Um, they were rebounding, and uh, Brandon Johns turned it back 
turn back the clock to March of 2021. Like he is, he looked better than he had all season. And um, even in the second half, um, Indiana made a quick run uh, early. Yeah. And then next thing you know, Caleb Houston hits uh, two threes and the lead goes from single digits back up to 15. And, and then at that point, I can't even like watch box score watch. I go into a meeting. Yeah. And Phones Michigan off. is up 15. Uh, it might not have been right when the collapse started because the collapse was really the last yeah. 12 minutes, but it was and right up, up against 13, like right when it started, I believe. And I come out, I come out of the meeting to a Michigan loss. Yeah. I, I don't even pretty shocking. I don't even have the experience of seeing. And I mean, I rewatched it. I forced myself to, but I didn't even have the experience of seeing the lead slowly go down. And uh, Michigan went a long time without scoring. And as much as I was hoping the defense had turned a corner, they still have a lot of issues on defense. And once they couldn't score, it was like there was nothing they could do. And Indiana, give them credit because they were missing a lot of bunnies in the first half. Like Trace Jackson Davis, he's, he's a great player, but he was he was having a rough first half, just missing alley-oops, missing shots very close to the rim. And the last quarter, you know, last 15-plus minutes – they, they really cleaned it up. And like you said, they came out of and started the second half right away with some improvements. So I thought in the first half, too, Michigan was doing a good job of just getting a hand in the face. Yeah. getting Doing a good job of if a guy was open, running towards the guy, running towards the Indiana player so he can at least hear the footsteps coming. And then once the collapse started, it just felt like Indiana's open, Indiana's open. Unless they missed that open shot, missed that open three. Yeah. And then they weren't, you know, they were open. Michigan felt like they were scrambling. Yeah. And Indiana, they just started getting into the lane a lot better. Kind of like kind of like what Hogard was doing the first game against Michigan. Just like getting into the getting into the paint and then they could either dish it off to Trace Jackson Davis or there was probably like a Miller cop or someone like that open in the in the corner for three. But at least Indiana ended up staying a while. Like they beat in Illinois and played Iowa really tough. So yeah, they, they Indiana just had a good weekend. I know you texted me saying like pointing out some teams that had done well in their conference tournament. If I there were some worried. bubble teams like like Texas A and M, Virginia Tech ended up winning the ACC tournament. Uh, the fact that Davidson lost their tournament, so I was like, I, I kind of thought that there were some bubble teams starting to make runs texas a&m didn't end up getting in but i thought that would probably push michigan to be a first four team but and i i wasn't too worried because i just was doing the side by side and we can get in the tournament a little bit more i, yeah. I just brought it up because i i would have actually been mad if they pushed indiana above michigan that's why i was bringing that up and i'm like yeah oh michigan had a better big 10 turn uh conference they Actually, in some ways, probably had a better out-of-conference, even though their record was much worse, because Indiana's like best win was Notre Dame and Eastern Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> they were like playing Sunshine University and Blue Mountain State, and it was just... Was, but uh, Indiana did a great job, like just overwhelming Michigan in the second half with speed and agility that Michigan didn't have, and uh, they just looked like a more athletic 
team. And um, yeah, we can move on to Michigan State. Uh, I definitely have more to say about Michigan, but since we're going to go back and forth between the two teams. For sure, yeah. I was just about to bring up uh, – so Michigan State, they had a better Thursday than Michigan. Uh, they had the second-to-last game, I believe, and they were playing Maryland. And, you know, they just came out and they were hitting shots. And this is probably going to be a hot take, but, you know, your chances to win are a lot better if you're making shots versus if you're <laughs> You know, so – it was very similar to the game they had just played on Sunday, uh, senior night in East Lansing. You know, Michigan State was just solid defensively. Uh, people were shooting it confidently, like Gabe Brown. Max Christie came out and was really making an effort to shoot the rock. That was a big deal. Um, you know, first half just went really well. Michigan State built a 20-point lead in the second half at multiple points, and then – uh, they just didn't know how to handle a, a press. Like they just couldn't break <laughs> Maryland's press. And it got to the point where, you know, Michigan State, I think they made a basket to go up by 13 with like three minutes left. And then it was just like turnover, 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 free throws, turnover, turnover, turnover. And it was just like the most ridiculous ways that they were turning the ball over too. Like if if I wasn't so heavily invested, it would have been it would have been a comedy routine. Uh, but thankfully, they ended up pulling it out because they, they, if they had blown that game, which there was a chance, like I believe they were up by three and Maryland got the ball back with like less than a shot clock remaining. So there was a chance for Maryland to take the game. And so I'm glad they didn't because Michigan State ended up following that one with a really nice win over Wisconsin on Friday night. I got a text actually saying, turn on the Michigan State game now. And by the time I, like, looked at it, the game was already over. Uh, but I was like, what? Last time I looked, I thought, like, Michigan State, I think, had, like, a 17 or 18-point lead. Yeah. Like, I wasn't so. watching live, so I was just keeping an eye on the score. And it was just, like, I was like, whoa. Let me see. The turnover, yeah, they finished with 16 turnovers. I believe seven of them happened in the last minute and a half. I think if Michigan State would have lost that game after Michigan – collapse against indiana we would have been requiring a podcast friday yeah probably <laughs> neither probably. one of us would have been very happy but yeah and then uh just to get into the wisconsin game this was a game that i, w- I was really proud of the defensive effort like this seemed like that this legitimous legitimized yeah legitimized the good aspects of the maryland game because there weren't a whole lot of bad aspects to to consider when michigan state played wisconsin on friday night um, it was it was a defensive effort, especially in the first half, that prime time Mark D'Antonio and Pat Narduzzi would have been very proud of. Mm-hmm. I, I know Johnny Davis was a little bit hurt, but they they held him to 11 points in 34 minutes. Uh, AJ Horgard gave a good nut shot to Brad Davison, got a no call, so that was great. I could tell that really pissed off Davison, who ended up fouling out. So. <laughs> Really happy to end that dude's career in the Big Ten. So <laughs> hopefully never have to see him again. Um, and again, you know, this this was actually a game that Michigan State only made one three-pointer, but it, it was made by Joey Hauser at a, at a really important juncture of the game. And Hauser had a pretty good weekend. He didn't score a whole lot. Like He had, he had three against Maryland, nine against Wisconsin, and uh, I'll have to pull up his numbers against Purdue. But he, zero against Purdue. Zero against Purdue. But he, I actually watched that game. Okay, but he, he shot pretty well and just didn't – he played within himself for the whole tournament, which is good to see. You you, you can tell when he's trying to, like, do too much and he, it gets away from him, and that's mm. when his confidence gets shot. Um, Tyson Walker 
great uh, closing of the game. Like he only made three field goals the whole time, but he made two. So Wisconsin tied the game with like a minute plus. It was like a minute 15 or a minute 20 left. And Tyson Walker made the next two shots of the game to put Michigan State up by four with less than a minute left. That's that's the difference right there. Like one of them, he got to the rim, got a layup, and then the next one, he kind of got into the paint, did a little stop on a drive, and turned and hit a floater, and that was big. Like Tyson Walker definitely has the ability to be a leader and you know a a guy that you can count on to take those shots at the at the end of the game. Obviously, he hit that that one against Purdue or. He had the game-winning alley-oop lob to Marcus Bingham against Loyola Chicago. So he's shown he's somebody you can trust to have the ball in his hands at the end of the game. So really good to see him get that and, you know, just continue that that killer mentality. I think Michigan State needed that game too because I don't know how much two wins against Maryland does. Right. Because they have lost seven of ten in the – season just yeah kinda... so that that made it a three-game winning streak yeah and yeah two of them were against a not great maryland team but it like the I said, end of the regular season felt messy yeah and so like a downturn to and... get two tournament wins and then i'll, I'll get into the purdue win against a, a team bit. you didn't weren't expected to win yeah yeah, yeah. A, you know a big 10 champion and then competitive against purdue too yeah under under not great circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, those are the first two games for Michigan State, both wins. Defense, like, they, they kind of did it in different ways, which is always good, but came away from the Wisconsin game feeling really good, regardless of what was going to happen on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, going back to Michigan, and then we can finish the Purdue, the Michigan State-Purdue game. Yeah. Uh, just finishing up my thoughts is uh, I think that athletic – the lack of athleticism needs to improve, and I think it will. Um, uh, Frankie and uh, Doug are considerable upgrades at the point guard position. Yeah, uh, Devontae Jones and then even Mike Smith last year came from smaller schools. Yeah. Um. So getting like guys that are power five coming out of college will or coming out of high school into college will be a big deal. Um. I also think uh, Dickinson. Um. He's a guy you accept not being. As athletic because he can do so much more. Yeah. But uh, going forward, and I mean, the recruiting's going that way. Um, sometimes transfers are just stop gaps and they're not a perfect fit, but you just, they're better than uh, the alternative. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. And uh, and I'll talk about it more in the next segment, but you're going to see Frank and Frankie Collins out there. Yeah. 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 Because um, Devontae Jones, I wonder, uh, What's the deal with the concussion protocols? What's the deal with concussion yeah, protocols? <laughs> <laughs> Why do they call it Ovaltine? I mean, it's in a round container. You pour it in a round. No. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but, like, I wonder if uh, Michigan would have been scheduled Friday. Would he be playing? It sounds like he's going to play Saturday if they do beat Colorado State. Just- yeah. So, I guess you just suffered a concussion, but it doesn't sound like a super serious concussion. Yeah, because so, there are things you have to do after. Yeah. You know, um, but uh, that would be sad if uh, if uh, this is the way his career ends and he doesn't get to play another game because, I mean, most improved player this year, uh, second best player on the team right now anyway, and most important player, I think, just by the nature of the position. Yeah, absolutely, considering, like, Who's behind him? Nothing against Frankie Collins, but he is to a, me, fresh, he, a freshman with limited playing time this past year. And a guy that didn't really do a lot um, to make me feel good about going into next year. I know 
until the last couple weeks. It was yeah. a, it was pretty much all potential for me until the last couple weeks. I actually thought like some other guys like Buffkin has played better, um, got, comparing them to other freshmen with limited playing time. Yeah. But um, uh, like I said, uh, a good uh, weekend for uh, well, good Big Ten. It wasn't all weekend. Good Big Ten tournament for Michigan State. Like I yeah. said, they beat Maryland. They beat Wisconsin. And then they look good against Purdue, even if they don't come out with the W. And uh, one thing I forgot to bring up was the performance of Marcus Bingham, both in the oh, Maryland yeah. game. Um, I, it just kind of slipped my mind uh, that he had 9-5 and five in the Maryland game in, in just 14 minutes. That's good production. Then, you know, in, in 22 minutes against Wisconsin, he, had, he tied a career-high 19 points, 11 rebounds. I think it was his fourth or fifth double-double of the year. Uh, but you could tell he was just having such a big impact on both ends of the court defensively and then offensively. It wasn't just like he was getting the ball in the post doing like one move. Like he, he was scoring in a lot of different ways. One way in particular was like uh, Malik Hall had an open shot in the corner that ended up actually getting blocked. But Marcus Bingham was right there and got it and got an easy basket. And he, he was just being a presence. Like it was exactly what – state fans had been envisioning from Marcus Bingham since the day he signed with Michigan state. So big really for, good to see that. Big for two reasons too. Cause so I, I get this feeling that Malik Hall's hurt just from things I've yeah. Yeah. People have kind of like insinuated that. So Bingham picking up the, uh, you know, picking up the slack from a yeah. hurt player. And then uh, Davidson, you know, not to get too far, they have a couple centers that when they jump, they don't even look like they leave the ground. So right. as long as uh, Bingham is locked in, he definitely has an athletic uh, advantage. And, you know, I, I harped on the, the turnovers against Maryland, especially in the last uh, stretch of the game. They only had seven against Wisconsin, Michigan State did, and then only four against Purdue. So – Obviously, they still lost to Purdue, but there were a lot of factors. So getting into that game, I I was pretty worried about how Michigan State would come out in terms of like how their legs would be, you know, because Purdue had only had to play one game. Michigan State played Thursday and Friday. Granted, Purdue played a little bit of a later game. I was really hoping that Penn State would pull the upset and Michigan State would get them on Saturday. <laughs> um, it would have been a totally different game because – Penn State goes at you. And it felt yeah. like Purdue was like almost like they expected Michigan State to turn it over without like pressing too much. Yeah. They really seemed to like sit back. Uh and I, I mean that might be one of the reasons for the lack of turnovers, but I was kind of surprised that they I don't know, they weren't really aggressive on defense, Purdue. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm not criticizing because they won, but Yeah. So th- there were there were a few factors in this game that made it a lot different than the Michigan State went over Purdue in East Lansing. Like, first of all, Tyson Walker only got three minutes in before twisting his ankle. A.J. Hogard comes in to spell him, and then on the very next play has to be taken out with an ankle injury. Thankfully, Hogard returned and played all of the second half, ended up playing almost the whole game at 34 minutes, just showcasing his toughness. But there was a stretch of about you know a minute and a half to two minutes of gameplay where – you don't know what the status is for both of your point guards. And, you know, I, I think they had Christie running the point. You could tell in this game that Christie was tired. He wasn't playing his best game. Uh, you know, you know, I mentioned that if you make shots, your chances of winning <laughs> increase greatly. <laughs> like he, he was having a rough day. He was, he was three of 10 from the field, but um, where was that? Yeah. So the biggest, one of the biggest differences was Tyson Walker not being there at the end of the game. He could only play three minutes Hogard was playing like 
he was definitely hurt, but he was he was playing through it very well. And then um, in the in the first game, Purdue only made one three pointer against Michigan State. They made eight in this matchup. And then also, Julius Marble fouled out in nine minutes of play. I don't I don't know how that's possible, but it, it happened. <laughs> so it was another game where Marcus Bingham played twenty plus minutes, and he did well. Like he he was one of four from three. You know I. Would prefer he doesn't take more than two three pointers in a game, but it might have been a necessity thing. And he was four of eleven, you know, nine points, six rebounds. It was a good outing. Purdue's a really good team. And, yeah, like, and uh, I mean, you and I were talking about it. I, not to go off track too much, but I have them losing in the second round, the real second round of the tournament, yeah. <laughs> not the, not the, one. but uh, uh, I mean, they finished third in the Big Ten regular season, and they finish they lose in the tournament final yeah which isn't not which isn't a bad season but it's like when you watch them and i've i mean i've I've actually probably watched them more than any other uh team that's not michigan or michigan state in the big 10 this year i've actually caught both their last two at least games against michigan state they have so many good players and they can beat you in so many different ways um they have travion williams they have ivy they have uh Edie um, and like Edie and then Stefanovic, Stefanovic, yeah, there forever, Could yeah, hit threes. So, um, Michigan State, like, what I took away from this game was I was, and for a program like Michigan State, there are no moral victories. But that being said, you have to be really happy with the mental toughness that they showed. You know, ten days ago, they didn't show up defensively against Michigan or Ohio State and just got run out of the building against teams that they're on pretty even footing as, and you should be in a game with Michigan or Ohio state. So, you know, Tyson Walker got hurt early. AJ Hogarth got hurt right after that for a long, for a long stretch, Michigan state couldn't buy a bucket and Purdue would constantly be leading from anywhere between like six to 12 yeah. points. And, you know, Michigan state, they just didn't quit. They kept going at it and got really just, close at the end too. Yeah. They, they got a 13 point lead down to one. And then at that point, I believe it was Eric Hunter hit back-to-back three pointers for Purdue, and you could tell, you could tell Michigan State didn't think they were going to make the comeback at that point. But uh, you didn't see anyone mail it in. No. And also, um, well, didn't Purdue miss one or two free throws? That like every time it felt like they could just yeah. it was over. They admit they go one for two. And I don't, I don't like to bring up free throw numbers too often, but it, it was twenty-five attempts for Purdue to six for Michigan State in what ended up being a five-point game that. Feels like a big difference. It is. I, I did. I did notice though that Purdue seemed to be passive on defense. Yeah, and that's I'm not saying that that's that, partially why Hogard was able to get into the lane so often. And, and Michigan State's like never passive on defense. Yeah, and uh, again, I forgot to mention, but Gabe Brown had a really nice weekend. He he wasn't forcing it against Wisconsin when both. I, I think both teams had twenty four or less at halftime in that game. He was kind of letting the game come to him, and eventually he started getting to the rim. Whereas against Maryland and Purdue, he was shooting it very confidently. He broke a Maryland player's ankles, not literally, but you know, like uh, <laughs> with the uh, you know, just like a step back, left his left his guy in the dust. I was really happy for him, and then he made the shot too, which was big. So, is uh, Tyson Walker going to play uh, Friday? I uh, we're not sure. Yeah, uh, it, seems, it sounds like it's going to be a game time decision, but. Thought we'd be talking about Michigan State's point guard, maybe not playing, but instead it's Michigan's. Yeah, we'll see. And, um, you know, just a, a solid weekend. Like, I, I didn't come away from the 
it might have been better, like if you want to look at it like glass half full. Michigan State was not going to beat Iowa on Sunday. In fact, they probably would have gotten embarrassed. I was hot. I was playing as well as anybody. Uh, Iowa already embarrassed Michigan State by almost 30. Take into account A.J. Hogard. A.J. Hogard just played 34 minutes on a bum ankle. Uh, you've been playing since Thursday. Like You had the later game. You could just tell, like, even though Michigan State has a deep roster, like guys were tired, they, they weren't going to beat Iowa. Michigan uh, was the last team, I think, to beat Iowa. Since then, they've been white hot, and I yeah. was really disappointed when uh, Iowa came back, what, a week, week and a half later and beat Michigan and Chrysler. But, like, I mean, it's not a bad loss. No, no. Like, seeing how Iowa played the games leading up to that and afterwards, it's like, ooh, like, maybe I shouldn't have been so hard on Michigan, especially right. since, since uh, Michigan's won the next game, I know, because they won one, lost one, won one, lost one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I could have my dates wrong, but I think they uh, followed that up with a win against Ohio State. Michigan? Yeah. Yeah, after yeah. the Iowa game. Yeah, yes, yeah. That's, so that's that also. Um, but, yeah, um, do you want to end this segment and talk about uh, – yeah, Oh, real, real quick, yeah, too. Ahead. Don't like Fran McCaffrey, uh, but I pretty much think he's going to finish his career at Iowa now. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd be There's surprised. definitely been some times where uh, people um, – uh, it's been a little sketchy there with him and the fans. Okay. Like you and I were talking about, this is his first time putting a banner up. Uh, yeah. With all the talent he's had, he's never uh, won any ban- any Big Ten banner. Um, but if you look at his career, and like I said, I don't like him, but he's won everywhere he's been, uh, was at a lot of smaller schools, worked his way up, took yeah. schools that traditionally don't get in the tournament and took them there, um, especially which if he gets to the second round, which – or second weekend, which he's never had at Iowa. I think yeah. he's there until he's at least 70. I believe this was his first time getting to Saturday of the Big Ten tournament since he's been at Iowa. They had a – I don't think – It's their first time winning a Big Ten tournament 06. since 06. Yeah. But I believe they hadn't been – they hadn't gotten to Saturday of the Big Ten tournament since before he was there. I mean, Iowa was a really bad program for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they were. Um, so, and he's, he's been there for, I think this is his 13th and year. And traditionally, so. they've been an up-and-down program. Yeah, uh, so I, I'd be pretty surprised if they moved on from him willingly. At, at yeah, it's point. him and uh, what's his name? Uh, 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 just, uh, their football coach. Uh, oh, Ferentz. Ferentz. They're there yeah. forever. Kirk Ferentz. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. They're uh, definitely mid. <laughs> it's a very mid school. But, yeah, we'll talk uh, tournament uh, on the other side. Paul Bunyan Podcast is brought to you by Farbar. Visit far-ebar.com to browse all types of products, including sweaters, hats, shirts, and other accessories. That's far-ebar.com. It is March Madness tournament time. Both of our teams made it once again. Uh, Michigan State is a seven seed playing Davidson in the first round, a 10 seed, and then Michigan made it as an 11 seed. They will be in Indianapolis taking on the six-seeded Colorado State Rams. So, Mike, what was your initial reaction to the field of 68 this year? Uh, I mean, a lot of mocks had Michigan playing Colorado State, so I actually – there was a few teams I got familiar with um, Mm -hmm. uh, even before they were announced, just looking – I mean, 
all week. All the, the last week or two, especially, I've been really on bracketmatrix.com. Um, but I once like January comes around, I kind of go there somewhat frequently. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I'll just I'll say out of all, all the six <laughs> seeds, like I didn't want to play Alabama, even though they've had an up and down year, just because I think their coach is amazing. Yeah. Um, Colorado State, though, I mean, they're really good. And Michigan's not going to be able to stop them from scoring. So Michigan better score a lot. Yeah, I don't think Colorado State will be Seems all Seems like Michigan needs to take advantage of their size. Because I yeah. don't think Colorado State has the size, but they But shoot. they play five out. And and they, they're going to have the best player on the floor in, in yep. David Roddy. I think yeah. I'm saying that right. Yeah. Um, I'll Me- just say, like, people have been joking that Michigan State's going to play Davidson in the first round for months now. So it was a pretty predictable <laughs> matchup. The Davidson Foster lawyers. That's correct. Um. And if you'll recall, I've, I've never said a bad thing about Foster Lawyer on this <laughs> podcast, and I hope he knows that. I mean, uh, all, I, all of my hatred was directed towards Thomas Kithier in terms of the undersized white guys uh, who played for Michigan State. I didn't have any hatred of him, but I think um, Michigan's going to make him look like, or Michigan State's going to make him look like a fool. <laughs> uh, they have a center that can't really jump that well. Um, Davidson can score a bit, but they also yeah. can't play defense. Um, I don't think Steph Curry is going to be walking through that door. No. I do feel like Michigan State should win, but it's it's not a bad matchup for either team. I could very well see Michigan State losing. Uh, as long as Michigan State's locked in, the only thing that would do the, – they, they're athletically a lot better team than them. They, if, yeah. if they're out there like turning the ball over, though, um, then there might be an issue. Davidson doesn't have a great – they're not great against threes. Michigan State's like the 18th best three-pointing, three-point shooting team. Which you wouldn't know from the eye test, but yeah. Well, they're so up and down. Michigan, Michigan State both have this problem where they uh, can beat anybody on any given night, but they're not going to beat the good teams consistently. Yeah, and that's that's the thing about making a run is it requires con- consecutive wins. That, yeah. That's what qualifies as making Both runs. teams have like a lot of quad one and quad two <clears throat> wins. But they also have a lot of quad one and quad two losses. Yeah, and that's the nature of being a mid league Big Ten team. And not not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but if Michigan wins, they will likely be playing Tennessee, who I think, contrast to who Michigan State would play, Tennessee probably should have been a two seed. Oh, uh, you you took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> Tennessee should be a two seed and Duke should be a three seed. Yeah, and if, we're not exactly breaking new ground by saying that. Right. That's that's been a pretty common. Um, it's kind of unique to compare the two teams uh, uh, to our regions. It just seems like the, the SEC is so much deeper than the ACC. Tennessee just like all year has been more impressive, whereas Duke. Which, by the way, if you don't know, if, if Michigan State and Duke both win on Friday, they will play each other on Sunday. Uh, so this you know, time last that. year, we were talking about how great the Big Ten was and how crappy the <laughs> Pac-12 was, and things went the opposite way. And UCLA beat two Big Ten teams. Right, we two teams have, featured we, on this podcast. I was going to say we don't have to name the teams they beat, <laughs> the, the two Big Ten teams they beat. But who, who, which Big Ten teams did they play, Joe? Uh. Two of them that are on this podcast, I can't think of. I can't think of uh, who exactly. <laughs> I think it was. Uh, Some people said it was Michigan and Michigan State. Say what? <laughs> yes, we're uh, Morning Zoo Radio now. <laughs> By the way, do you mind if we keep this music rolling? I do not. It, uh, 
Well, what is uh, what's that Jim Nance's uh? Hello, friends. Hello, friends. Oh, I should have opened with that. Yeah. <laughs> We're restarting now. Hello, friends. Welcome to the NCAA Tournament Special 2022 <laughs> for the Paul Bunyan Podcast. Um, you know, been... we're, we're going to keep on going. We're not restarting. Yeah. <laughs> um, you have to wonder if uh, Juwan Howard gives uh, Brian Dutcher a call this week um, as the two remain close since Dutch – uh, Dutcher recruited Howard to Michigan. And for those who don't know, Brian Dutcher uh, is the current San Diego State head coach, long-term assistant under Steve Fisher, both at Michigan and then at San Diego State. Uh, it depends how the handshake line went when those two teams played each other. <laughs> <laughs> and if you recall, uh, Dutcher was the one in the Fab Five doc saying that when Weber was considering Michigan State or Detroit Mercy, he was like, we have the next best big man in Chicago interested of course, he was talking about Juwan, and mm-hmm. at the time, Howard was uh, the number four recruit in that class, and Weber was number one. So they were literally, you know, they were both listed as power forward or center. They were one and two at that position. Yeah. Um, but uh, just to give a prediction, I actually think Colorado State is going to beat Michigan. Okay. Um, especially with uh, with Michigan missing their point guard and Jones. Um, like. He, and I mean, you and I were talking about this. And yeah, you said I, it, I, was, I was surprised at first when I saw the draw because I didn't get to watch the show, the selection show. So I kind of caught the matchups afterwards. And I was like, Michigan's playing Colorado State. Like that really surprised me. Like I, I kind of thought Michigan just because there is, there's definitely recency bias in the selection committee. I thought they were going to get slated into the first four. So I, I was a little surprised. I wasn't like angry, but I was like, okay, they didn't have to play the first four. I get that. And then I was like, but they're playing Colorado State in Indy. But you, we, we kind of talked about this off air, and yeah, like Colorado State, there's not definitely that, deserving to be of a sixth seed. So it's not, it's not that. Yeah, easy. and uh, the thing is, is obviously if Michigan wins the first round, the second round they're playing a much better team. But yep. sounds like they'll have their starting point guard in. I actually think some Michigan fans will show up there. I don't yeah. think very many Michigan fans are going to be there on a Thursday at noon for our opening round game. You got to call off work to get <laughs> That's there. not necessarily a hot <laughs> spot for Michigan. If it was in Chicago, there's so many alums. Yeah. Uh, when they played Texas A&M a few years back, I think it was 2018. Yeah. Texas is a lot closer to Southern California than uh, Ann Arbor is, but there's so many alums in LA. You could just hear their fans chanting and Speaking of Indianapolis, I wonder what it's going to be like when Michigan's playing there. When the last time they were in that city, they gave up a huge lead to an Indiana team and a crowd they took out of the game who started to go frantic by the end of the game. So there might be some uh, bad juju and feeling of deja vu there. Yeah. Um, For Michigan State against Davidson, like I'm obviously everyone knows Foster Lawyer, yes, plays for Davidson, spent three years at Michigan State. Two very successful years and then one not so great year. Um, that's that's going to be talked about a lot. There's no way you can run from that during the broadcast. And I, I'm, I'm Foster Lawyer has always been a great shooter, and I, I praise his basketball IQ. Like I said, I think he is textbook a very good basketball player. It's just that he's stuck in this very small body that can't really – physically do as much. I like, thought going to athletic ten, the Atlantic 10. <laughs> the unathletic 10 was actually a really good fit for him. Yeah. He felt like a mid-major, maybe even small school player. And he's he's been succeeding. Like, 
from the get-go, I've, I've always understood why Michigan State recruited him. It's just that, unfortunately, he didn't grow at all from his sophomore year of, of high school. How is um, his brother, like, size-wise? Fletcher, he's, he's like – He's a good size for a shooting guard. I don't know. I know he's committed to Purdue, which kind of bums me out. Well, it made me happy because I was scared he was going to go to Michigan. And <laughs> I'm sorry, but <laughs> the foster lawyer kind of scared me. Uh, just as, yeah. yeah, he didn't look like he was fit for the Big Ten. Yeah. And that's the. <laughs> um, I've definitely seen some, some Michigan State fan meltdowns over, like, oh no, foster lawyer's going to torch us. I was like, <laughs> they're the same exact fans who were. Wanting him off the if team they could put Hogard and Tyson Walker on him, or like Max Christie fine. even. Yeah, well, I was just thinking they they have if Walker is healthy, you have two point guards that are better. Yeah, you you basically traded Lawyer for Walker, right? You had him transfer in, and you have him being Walker, and you had uh, Lawyer transfer out. Yeah. So no, I'm not. I'm not too – I mean, I'm, I'm definitely worried because it's a tournament game and anything could happen. But in terms of, like, the matchup, I, it's Michigan State could have gotten a lot worse matchups from a 7-10. So, they don't even athletically have to... and size-wise, Michigan State should take care of it. Um, if they're hitting their threes and not turning it over, it'll be a blowout for Michigan State. Yeah. Even if they don't have their best effort, I think they match up pretty well. Um, I, I'm drawing a blank on his name, but Foster Lawyer is the leading scorer, but he's not their best player. They have a good so. forward and a good center. They have three guys that really account for a lot of their offense. And I'm sorry, I'm blanking on their name. That's, their that's center, looking up. their center, even though he's good. I watched the game against Richmond. Is that who they played at one point in the yeah. eight eight? And let, uh, so they, oh. they have uh, Luka Brockovich and Lee Hyun Jung, who are, are probably their best two players, and then Foster Lawyer. Leads the team in scoring. And then they have a bunch of role shooter. players after those three. Yeah. Um, if if they're just shooting lights out, and actually we can connect the two games. If Colorado State and Jameson are shooting lights out, then the home the home teams are going to have problems. Uh, I actually think Michigan State matches up against Davison, though, much better than Michigan does against uh, Colorado State. But yeah. like I feel like a lot of things have to go right for Colorado State. To win, where I think Michigan State has a much more uh, much more room for error. I think so. And hypothetically, if, if Michigan State gets past Davidson, all likelihood is they will be playing Duke. Who does Duke Sunday. play in the first round? Uh, Cal Fullerton. Yeah, Cal Fullerton State Tech Northwest. Purdue has not looked good on offense in the last month. Purdue or Duke? Oh, sorry, Duke so hasn't good. looked good on offense in the last month. I I think you know. Coach K in the last like ten plus years has delved into the one and done. Like he didn't let Calipari run that for too long. <laughs> um, but the trade off is like one and done teams typically don't do as well in March as more experienced teams. Granted, Michigan State's not super experienced, but I'm just saying like this is a young Duke team that possibly you know just the way they've been performing the last few weeks could be feeling the pressure of being. Coach K's last team. Yeah. Uh, Paulo, uh, what's his Paulo last name? Paulo Yeah. If he gets going, you have issues. I, I, yeah. I, I do think Duke, uh, they're be- very beatable for Michigan State. I lean towards Duke winning, but out of all the yeah. two seeds, like Michigan State got a pretty good draw. Yeah. Because this team isn't as consistent. It, it depends on how the whistles are going, how healthy Tyson Walker is. But, yeah, this is definitely – a winnable game for Michigan State. Duke is still a lot more talented, and I wouldn't be surprised if 
Duke ended up winning by 10 points. But Michigan State, especially if they play the way they did against Wisconsin and Purdue for 40 minutes, I, they could definitely steal it. And the fact that since 2019, Michigan State has slayed the, the mental dragon that was Duke. Like it took them a long time to get over that that hump where there were a lot usually Duke was a much more talented team than Michigan State to begin with. But even if the two teams were kind of on even level, like the 17-18 team, like that had Bridges and Jaron Jackson Jr., they played Duke the second game of the year, and they were pretty evenly matched. But you could just tell that Michigan State felt like they were playing Duke and they were playing like themselves and the, still definitely the has like of all the like when I first saw like a year or two ago like his record against Duke it kind of shocked me being a non fan. Uh just it it just it felt like uh K had his number. Yeah. Uh, I remember the first time I saw uh Beeline's record against Bo Ryan and it was like holy crap like whatever like <laughs> yeah uh so obviously you know that that team three years ago with Cassius Winston and Kenny Goins took down the Zion Williamson, R.J. Barrett, Duke. And Michigan State also beat them last year. Granted, neither teams ended up being very good. But I I think it will help Michigan State if they play Duke. The fact that they've kind of gotten over the mental hump of playing Duke. Yeah. Like Marcus Bingham and Gabe Brown played a little bit in that 2019 game. Not much, but a little bit. And then, you know, a lot of players are back from last year's team that had experience winning – at Duke, so I was looking at the other two seeds, and I definitely would rather play Duke than um, Auburn or yeah, Kentucky. I think so, and I think probably we'll, I'd rather play Duke than Villanova too. Yeah, and then so, I think Duke's not even as good as Tennessee. I don't know who I'd pick between them and Wisconsin. Uh, Michigan State's beaten Wisconsin twice, so I think you probably would rather play Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, but, how about Duke or Purdue? I don't know. Probably, probably Duke, just because we played Purdue twice, and I know that can sometimes work out in favor of the the less talented, underperforming team. But Michigan just, State beat uh, Wisconsin two out of three. That's true. Yeah. Um, Looking at Michigan, if they play Tennessee, Tennessee, like I said, they should be a two seed. Uh, they have yeah. a much. Michigan uh, had a disappointing season. I think Tennessee is probably very happy with where they are. Rick Barnes is their coach, right? And he coached at Texas for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, don't play in Longwood is who they're playing. <laughs> Tennessee is. <laughs> um, and I I kind of felt like Rick Barnes kind of underachieved at times at Texas. He would definitely get really good players. Yeah. Uh, wasn't a bad program. I think that if you're going to hang your head on something, it's that uh, Rick Barnes kind of underperforms, especially in March. Whereas, I mean, Michigan since 2013, even though they don't have any titles to show for it, second most wins in the tournament behind Gonzaga. Well, also, also, doesn't, well, also doesn't have any, any titles. Or, yeah, they don't, they don't have any titles to show yeah. for it. Um, um, I haven't looked too much as much into Tennessee just because, like I said, I'm really nervous about the game against Colorado State. Right, you don't want to get ahead of yourself. Yeah, but I, I, I've seen Tennessee. I mean, the SEC is loaded this year. You have Alabama, Auburn, Arkansas, all the A's. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Florida, did they get into the tournament? I don't know. No, they didn't. Uh, and their their coach also just left for Georgia. 
Very surprising. Interesting. Same with Because that seems like a step down. But. It, yeah, it is in basketball. I mean, Florida's been consistent for 20-plus years. Uh, you know, LSU got into the tournament, yeah. uh, and their coach just got fired. A&M was a bubble well, team. Wade got fired? Oh, yeah, a couple days ago. I have not been paying attention. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it's, you know, he's been investigated for so long to hammer right. I mean, it's, down. I'm, I'm not surprised that it happened. And I didn't even name Kentucky. Yeah, so I don't I don't see Florida on here. Florida didn't make it. I know they were a bubble team and AM was. But yeah. I mean Kentucky, Auburn, Tennessee, uh, Arkansas, Alabama. Um I mean that's five right there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean and I, I could see Tennessee or Kentucky or Auburn making it a run to the final four. Yeah. Those uh, are and that's a one. Oh wait. Yeah. Wait, wait. Auburn's a two, Kentucky's a two, and Tennessee's a three. Yeah. I mean, just look at that. Yeah. Um, but Tennessee's a really good team. You really need them to have mental lapses. If Michigan does win on Thursday, though, I can see their fans don't showing up to Indianapolis on, on Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Though, any Indiana's not as far from Tennessee as you might think. Yeah, it is, it is weird. Kentucky, Kentucky and football and basketball, and I know – they're not Tennessee, but they're just one state to the north. Actually, recruits Indiana a lot from yeah. both programs. Um, and uh, but I mean, nice thing about not playing Kentucky is their fans <laughs> are crazy in basketball, whereas yeah. Tennessee is more of a football school. Um, Michigan too tends to have these games where they just shoot lights out. Uh, they did against Michigan State the last time they played them. Uh, they have a couple. I mean, against Ohio State, their win against them you know yeah. but i mean you look at the other games against ohio state michigan state and they lost yeah I, th- I think like the key to getting past colorado state and getting to tennessee will be you know caleb houston just got to keep shooting like even if your first couple don't drop like you're still a good shooter you're, you're still talented you, you need to keep taking shots yeah, it's a game michigan actually has the athletic advantage versus against indiana they did it yeah also the other thing that might help michigan is for the past month plus, they win one, they lose one. Nothing can stop this, it seems like. <laughs> That's correct. So they'll beat Colorado State, but just know there's no way they're going to beat Tennessee. That's right. I mean, this worked out even in the Indiana game. It doesn't freaking matter that you had a 17-point lead in the second half. The last 12 minutes is going to make <laughs> sure you lose a close game because this force is so powerful <laughs> that nothing can stop it. So never mind. I'm changing my vote. They're going to beat Colorado State, but there's no way they're going to beat Tennessee. There could be – oh, no, that's way too dark. Tennessee <laughs> could have 12 players unavailable, but they will still somehow beat Michigan with walk-ons, water boys, assistant coaches throwing on the, the jersey. Their man, their dad bods with uh, some moves will be hanging out of the jerseys, but they will still beat Michigan. Predetermined. Yeah, that that's that's some uh, top notch analysis there. Yeah, I I think I don't know what to think about Michigan's path, so I can't really <laughs> give a, I can't really give an accurate prediction. I I think Michigan State beats Davidson on Friday. I'll say this: if and and you mentioned Tom Izzo's record against Coach K, like since 2010-11, which was Kalen Lucas's senior year and you know the freshman year of adrian Payne and keith appling michigan state and duke have played each other every year except for two years assuming they they play each other on sunday if, if they both win so if they play each other it'll be i believe the 11th time in 
13 years that they played each other because they played twice in 2015. And considering that they're two teams in different conferences in different states, like that's pretty bizarre to have to have played the same team out of conference, out of state that many times over such a long period because they're both in the uh, Champions Classic. So they'll play each other every three years regardless. And then they're a pretty common matchup in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Like if they're not playing in the Champions Classic, they'll play each other in the Big Ten ACC uh, Challenge. And then most years they get placed in the same bracket. And if they don't, they might meet in the Final Four. Mm. So it's, it's been almost every year that they've played Duke. Um, I'll say if, if Michigan State does beat Duke, ending Coach K's career will be put on Tom Izzo's gravestone right next to whatever amount of <laughs> national championships and Final Fours he has. And then it will also say beat Coach K in his last game. So – I'm I'm just gonna roll with it. I say Michigan State beats Davidson by ten, and then they beat Duke by two, and then they uh, lose to Texas Tech. But it's gonna be a hell of a ride. Yeah, you probably have Texas Tech or Alabama in the next round. I will say I think Texas Tech has a lot of good players. I'm not totally sure about their coach first year because Chris Beard just left there. Yeah, that's what Texas Tech gets for hiring a Texas alum. <laughs> Yeah. But they, they still have the talent, and they, they have been a better team all year. And Alabama, but we'll see we'll see how they handle yeah. the tournament. And then Alabama could upset Texas Tech, and they're a pretty dang good team, too. Yeah. Let's see if Michigan somehow miraculously beats uh, Tennessee. They'll probably either – probably Villanova they'll yeah. have to deal with. Um, oh, this bracket. Which, just, by the way, I, I don't think Loyola Chicago is a worse team than Ohio State, just based on the way they're both playing right now. No, they're dangerous. So I, I, well, I would pick before Loyola. Ohio State kind of went on that skid, though, they looked pretty good. They were slotted as a four or five seed. Yeah. Um, Loyola, I guess it's more part. It's partly that I just think Loyola uh, Chicago's good, uh, and uh, I think they're dangerous and. Uh, Ohio State just looks bad recently. Sorry, every time I zoom out on this bracket, it just takes me out of the region I'm looking in. It's all good. Um, but, uh, is, okay, so Ohio State's the 7 seed and Loyola's the 10 seed. Yeah, so I, d- I doubt either of them are getting to the second weekend anyways. But I-, I think they both could give Villanova a run. Yeah, but I don't think they could. I wouldn't pick them. them. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't be like, oh, no. Like, right, you know. right. Like, I, I definitely could see either team in the Sweet 16, no matter what bracket you put them in. It's just, one, Ohio State's kind of been sent for the last couple weeks, and then Loyola, Chicago, is such a small school. It's yeah. hard to duplicate what they did. And then uh, Valentine's their coach, right? Yeah, Drew Valentine. Yeah, even though he looks like Denzel Valentine. They do look. I mean, they are brothers. <laughs> I know, but they look like twins. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, I mean, that's a tough path. Not saying that Michigan State's not, but just right. No, no, no. Actually, Michigan State's is too because I like Alabama and Tech a lot as well. Yeah, so probably playing the winner of that game. Um, I know if Chris were here, God bless his soul, he would be telling us about how Michigan's about to make a Final Four run. Um, so <laughs> I wish he was here because he was right. I mean, he was right about <laughs> Michigan season last year. He was. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of freaking crazy because I don't. I don't in my since watching I'm like stuttering because it's <laughs> such a big thing I'm about to say. I've been watching Michigan football at least since I was five. Maybe even before that I was put in front of the TV, but I didn't like totally comprehend. Right, I didn't know what you were watching. 
There's only one other time that came close to the pessimism I had going into that season. And, uh, and was going into 2014 when I thought Hoke should have already been fired. Yeah. And I mean, that's <laughs> so, 30 years. Even the Rich Rod years. Like, weren't was, as pessimistic. No, as because it was like, oh, you could at least hang your hat on that they were young and stuff. And and uh, say what you want about Hoke, but uh, that came to fruition in 2011 in a way yeah. with a different coach. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> I wish he was here and he said it and then it happened because that would be nuts. <laughs> there are, there are, I mean, they do have, you talk about Diabate in Houston. There's a lot of, uh, Michigan has the talent for sure. Yeah. I mean, an 11 seed made it to the final four last year. Like, yeah, it really is just surviving a band. And uh, if you talk to UCLA fans, there were, uh, I mean, because UCLA was 11 seed, right? Yeah. Okay. I figured that's who you were talking about. I knew they were a high seed. There was glimpses of that all year, they said. And we saw what, uh, Oh, dang, I can't think of the coach's name now. What he did at Cincinnati. Yeah, Cronin. Yeah, Cronin. We saw what he did. They play a tough brand of basketball. They can be so frustrating. Yeah. Um, and there's definitely times. Sounds, sure sounds pretty familiar. Yeah. And I, I and it, it's still somewhat miraculous to me that Michigan started 7-7 and got to the tournament. Yeah. With as bad as they looked. Um, so we're just going to wrap up real quick. Do you have a prediction for the Final Four? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let me bring that up. And uh, real quick, my prediction is Michigan State beats Davidson, loses the Duke. But I, I kind of get this feeling that they're going to take Duke to the wire. Yeah, and it's, it's going to be a stressful game. I'm I'm, I'm revving up for a real tense Sunday afternoon. <laughs> and, I, and I've gone both ways with uh, Michigan and Colorado State. That's a toss-up to me, especially with Jones out. Uh, I can't see them getting past Tennessee. Um, and I'm bringing up my bracket because I actually filled one out today. I haven't yet, but I'm just looking over stuff real quick. And it was hard for me because I feel like this year is kind of wide open in a sense, but I also feel like there's seven or eight teams that are clearly better than the rest. Yeah. I have Gonzaga and Kentucky coming out of the East and West. Yeah, I don't I don't trust Baylor to make it just based off of injuries. It's too bad because they are probably the best team when healthy, but – uh, first of all, Colgate is going to beat Wisconsin. Let me just put that down right now. Wisconsin will lose to Toothpaste. I want um, Oral Roberts and Colgate to play each other. Let's see. Yeah, that would be funny. I actually have Baylor getting to the Elite Eight. I don't trust Arizona to make it to the Final Four, so I'm still deciding who I want out of that region. I have Arizona in the championship game, losing 77-73 to to Kentucky. It's, it's probably just bias on my part, but... I'm going to say, like you, Gonzaga versus Kentucky in one game. I have Arizona and Auburn in the other. Okay. Um, Which is funny because all year I kind of, in my head, I thought of Auburn as more of a Elite Eight team. But, oh, I have Auburn and Iowa playing in that because I have Iowa upset in Kansas. And I have Auburn beating Wisconsin in this week. I don't want to go all ones and twos, but I'm going to say Auburn – Versus Villanova in the other one. Just because I don't want to go with Arizona. Just personal. Why? I'm, just, I'm the one that should be right ass. I just don't trust them. They beat the crap out of my Michigan Wolverines, so I don't like them. But they just they haven't shown up in the tournament in a while. You know? Yeah, but I mean, they also have a new coach. That's true. That's true. I mean, but, Miller. I mean, as which, which Sean Miller was a little underwhelming. I mean, I know he went to a couple of lead eights. That would be Archie Miller. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Indiana, first time in the tournament, what, since 2016? Yeah. 
Yeah, they never made it. <laughs> they they went through all of Trump's presidency without making it to the tournament, and they had to do it as a playing game. Cam Chapman killed that program, and right after I tweeted that, uh, they came back and beat my team after right. being down seventeen. Anyways, on a Anyways. lighter note, uh, follow us on all of your social medias. Uh, you can contact us. You can e-tweet us at Facebook Instagram. Um, <laughs> use all your uh, podcatcher apps to listen to us. To su- subscribe to us. Don't stutter. Uh, give us a five star review. That really does help. It uh, shows social proof that you like us. And um, until next time, thanks for listening.